Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS Radio in Columbus. This is the Nerd Association Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. And here on Nerd Association, we like to remind you that just because our jobs are cool, it doesn't make us cool. (laughs) I mean, we're all right. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah, that's a good word. Fine. We're fine. You'd hang out with us and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that was fine. That's probably, yeah. But moving on yeah. to this week. Daniel, what do you think of when I say Project Power? Well, I go. I didn't know anything about Project Power until you're like, hey, new Netflix original movie coming out. Uh, we should watch it. And I was like, okay, sure. What's it called? You told me. Well, what's it about? Well, it's like superheroes or something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sure. I, I just, I, I'm excited for something that is at least close to like blockbuster movie theater yeah. quality movie. It's got Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon Levitt. So you got some stars attached. And we haven't had that, obviously, with the pandemic, with a right. lot of movies being pushed back. So it was exciting to see a movie coming out that was star studded enough and blockbuster y. Yeah. And. Uh, so I didn't quite know what to expect. Obviously, I didn't even know anything about this movie until mm-hmm. you were like, hey, we should watch this, this new Netflix original movie. It delivered. I think it delivered on, yeah. on being a... Yeah. I mean, do we do we want to give a spoiler-free review? This is the first time maybe... As, this is as close as we've gotten to like yeah. releasing on, on the day of. Maybe it's worth giving a spoiler-free review, if we can, and then getting into and the nitty-gritty yeah. as we like to do. I... Uh, for for anyone who hasn't seen it, I mean, the premise is that there is a drug and it gives people superpowers. For and five minutes. For five minutes. And it is being, you know, there are some shady actors that are, are distributing it and using it. And then you get to see from the other side the people whose everyday lives it affects or has affected and mm-hmm. what they're doing about it. I mean, it tackled a lot of heavy issues. Yeah. Just the litany of, you know, you're talking about drug addiction you're talking about like drug culture and and the dealing culture you know the interaction between police and especially minority communities um you know new orleans is where it's set and Mm -hmm. the distrust of the federal government there um you know there's that line the idea that drugs are dropped in certain areas to kind of see how what they interact with people for sure which i mean there's there's historical precedent for that Mm -hmm. and yeah again there's the line in the movie we trusted people in black suits one time we're not gonna do it again (laughs) So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weighty issues that that the movie tackles and and I think it struck a good balance of touching on them well enough but not necessarily I don't know that they really You don't think they hit you over the head with the subtext of things? Right, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. I thought it was subtle enough that you understood it but it didn't overwhelm what else was going on in the movie. Um, I know, you know, in preparation for these sorts of things, I always like to see what other reviewers are saying. Just, you know, what other people's impressions were. That's the, see, that's that, I think that goes to your spoilers thing. I think we're the opposite, because there's some reviewers who I who I fancy, yeah, and they had already reviewed this movie, and I said, I'm going to wait until after we do the podcast, because I don't want them to influence my review. Got it. Well, and, and um, I didn't read the reviews until after I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, most people gave it a like a 
a, a pretty a fairly positive response um i liked it more than i think a lot of like the internet so far has yeah. has given it credit for it did feel to me like it was the the pilot for a a, an, a series an episodic like a television show that's interesting because it reminded me of uh, amazon's the boys i don't know if you've watched that it's that's based on a graphic novel but it's about a you know kind of a real world where there's superheroes and it as you go through the series spoiler alert for season one of the boys uh but the season two is actually coming out next month they learn that it's actually this company that like has these superheroes they they were giving them drugs as children yeah and then pretending like these and then sending them off to their families and then pretending like they naturally became superheroes so that i mean that 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 storyline's different but the idea of like a drug creating superheroes and it's in like a more that you know it's cliche to say this but that gritty realistic yeah look it reminded me of that just a little bit there the the storylines are completely different though well but i think i mean one of the things i thought when i was watching uh project power was it's a little bit stranger things yeah. Uh, which sounds like the boys is very like stranger things, but then you fast forward to see what happens as they grow up. Yeah. Kind of um, like that. Yeah. And X-Men. I see when I when got a said, lot of X-Men vibe, and X-Men ooh. has a lot of subtext, obviously that we've, I, I don't know if we've talked about on this show, but people know a lot about that too. Sure. We've, t- we've touched briefly. I want to say it was in the, the Batman episode. We touched briefly mm-hmm. on like how X-Men deals with a lot of social and racial inequality issues and like, um, I mean, well, anyway, we don't have to talk too much about yeah. X-Men, but I, I will say it didn't get, you didn't get too much of that because it was kind of like, you know, you were experiencing the very, the early cusp of this happening. And yeah. so no one quite believed it yet there, you know, they had the, the radio reports and the newspaper reports. Um, but anyway, uh, spoiler free review. Uh, I, it's a great action movie. It certainly delivers on that for me. You know, could they have delved into some of these social issues a little deeper? Sure, though. I'm not sure how they would have done it in the hour and 45 minutes. I was surprised by that length. Um, but when they start, you know, when the movie kind of started and these in- issues were being introduced, I thought there's no way they can tackle all this in an hour and 45. And they didn't. And, yeah, and then they didn't. <laughs> um, but those were my impressions. But like I said, for it, it surprised me as not being the the superhero because it's not a superhero movie. It's a superpowers movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that I, when I when I pitched it to you, I hadn't I had only I had seen that the trailer existed. I had seen that it was being like called blockbuster. Yeah. And that it was and that it had Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then I like shut off the preview. I was like, sure. I'll just wait for the movie. And I was like, this seems like the right thing. So, yeah, you're right, though. It's not a superhero movie. It has to do with people having superpowers. And then it's not. It doesn't delve into like the responsibility of a superhero. No. It's not like the DC universe where they tried to make it realistic and then still Superman shows up. Like it's you have to suspend your disbelief, but like there is a believability For to sure. It. I would I would agree with that. Um so now do we move can we move on to spoilers now? Yeah, well last thing I'll say about yeah, that. Please. The drug also it kind of reminded me of like people being on like rampages when they're like way too lost on a drug like speed or something like that and like that is kind of how they frame it but it to you know they crank it up to 11 they for sure frame it well in fact in when one part of the movie they the news refers to it as as a like an exploded meth lab happening yeah and i thought that was as a person who's reported on like drug addiction and the opioid epidemic they they clearly did their research as to like one how that impacts communities and Mm -hmm. two how the outside world views it and like treats it 
And so I, and I want to talk a little bit more about that because I want to talk a little bit about the plot a little more deeply. But I thought that the, the ways in which it tackled these bigger issues were respectful and, and educated mm-hmm. in a way that sometimes an action like superpower movie would not be. It would be pretty like almost a caricature. And yeah. I thought it was, was, was handled very well. Well, and that's another thing. Superhero movies, especially the Marvel ones. Uh, and those movies are great. I love them. But they gloss over the like people on the street impact of what's going sure. on. They're so macro because these superheroes are so ultra powerful and the people they're fighting are so crazy evil and from different worlds and stuff like that that like they don't really reference enough of like how what's it like to wake up the next day after the battle of yeah. new york well sure and i the thing that i thought this movie did well was to address do be subtle in a way that a like blockbuster action movie is almost never subtle yeah. when it has any sort of moral or ethical like conundrum as part of it mm-hmm. i and i and even i mean they play well with this distrust of the government because spoiler alert there it is. Um, <laughs> the government is to blame. The government is introducing these drugs into communities yeah. to test it out, or or a uh, a private contractor hired by the government, mm-hmm. who's then trying to also go behind the back of the government and, and sell, sell to, to other, other governments, go- yeah, or other rich people. And yeah. that's yeah. I guess there's also sort of a um, uh, inequality of like basically they handle the second half of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom well. Because that's what that movie's about, is they yeah. take the dinosaurs off the island and try to sell them to Private other, collectors other or nations and, yeah, other rich people. Yeah, so, okay. Um, I don't... Uh, so, Jamie Foxx... Uh, well, let's... Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a cop. He plays a cop well in lots of movies. Um, in a lot of ways, his character is is the Robin character from The Dark Knight Rises. Yes. And I actually thought there were some kind of funny parallels. Um, you know, they bring up Batman and Robin Another in this movie. Another character's name is Robin, too. Right. <laughs> and she is portrayed as the Robin to a Batman. <laughs> yeah. Um, even down to the fact that she's kind of a kidnapped teenager uh-huh. <laughs> for a part of the movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we have, you know, him, this cop that's, like, trying to clean up New Orleans. He's, like, New Orleans through and through. Part Through about half of the movie, he's wearing a Saints jersey, like, on duty. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just rolls up. I thought it was funny when he rolls up to that that bank heist, and he just says, hey, buddy, why don't you take a break? Yeah. And, like, maybe the, that cop knows him, but they don't really like, yeah, it's not reference like- that. And it's just, like, if somebody walked up to you, even if they had a badge around their neck, and they were just wearing a, a football jersey, yeah. you'd probably question them if you were, like, pointing your gun at a possible bank robbery <laughs> yeah I, although um so i visited new orleans a couple of years ago and uh-huh. i think they must have filmed on location for a lot of it because there's a lot of it they're like oh yeah i recognize that i mean i knew it right away when uh they did the big the establishing shot and I, oh, I was like oh that's a superdome and then it, it comes on the thing and it goes to new orleans and i was like okay and, and i remember going to um i was there with my my wife's family and they're catholic so we went to mass on sunday morning mm-hmm. and the number of of saints jerseys like in a in a very formal like catholic mass usually at least you put on your Sunday best, right? Yeah. The number of Saints jerseys in the crowd and, like, the fact that they got through the liturgy super quickly so they could be out for the 1 p.m. game, <laughs> uh, like, that is real. Like, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't surprised. I thought that was kind of a nice detail to have, like, a detective in a plain yeah. clothes and detective. And they hit it again later in the movie, which we'll get to. For sure. But, you know, he's trying to clean things up on the streets. They have Robin, who's a teenager. Um, her mother has diabetes. They don't tell you that right up front. You just know she has some sort of, like, terminal you know she's disease. she's sick. She, she has pills. She asks her, how are you feeling today? Yeah. And it's that, you know, today's one of the bad days, the things like that. Or, well, did you say it was a good day? And she uh, and she's dealing this drug, which they call power, mm-hmm. uh, to help pay her, her mom's medical bills. 
or, you know, for a surgery that she needs, which again, there's another big, big issue that they're tackling the healthcare system in America. Um, Is that the only time we hear the price of it too? She says $500, but I don't know what really the, the drugs are 500. And then later she says the surgery is going to be 10,000 okay. or she needs $10,000 for the surgery. And I don't know what surgery you have for diet. Well, there are the, it's not diabetes you would have the surgery for, but it would be some other condition that springs mm-hmm. up because of it. Anyway, the point of the, the fact of the matter is, you know, she says we don't have insurance and we need to pay for her, her drugs. We need to pay the medical bills. So there's that angle. And then you get uh, art slash the major who is Jamie Foxx. And at first, all you know is that his daughter was kidnapped. I when I was watching it was like oh so now human trafficking is one of the other issues we're tackling as I was like making my mental list of okay what are the big yeah. social issues we're hitting okay human trafficking's on there too that gets subverted later but mm-hmm. um he's he's out to find his daughter and that's kind of, first that's kind of all you know about and he's him he's just following the the one lead he can get yeah. and that's why he comes to New Orleans because that's where he finds that Based on what he knows about his daughter, he's pretty sure that this new drug showing up in New Orleans has something to do with her. Yes, and and of course, on the flip side of that, uh, fairly early on in the movie, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who's Frank, he's a detective, mm-hmm. and he's it's what in the first twenty minutes that he like he buys the drug power and he uses it during a bank robbery because he recognizes that the bank robber. Who they're like, I just, you know, he hit, came out of nowhere. He hit me from behind. He's like a ghost. <laughs> and, of course, there's that, like, ping moment where yeah. where uh, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, oh, I, this is my opportunity. And, of course, as you mentioned, because this drug only lasts for five minutes and because there are some – it's hard to get. It's expensive. And there's, like, uh, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, right? I, think, so, I think you get the same power every time once correct. you know what your power It unlocks some sort – the idea is that it unlocks some sort of thing hidden in your DNA yeah. and brings it to the forefront, and they kind of explain a little bit more of that later. But uh, So he's done it before. This is No, but the bank robbery is the first time. Are you sure? Yeah, they definitely – because they, when they talk about – when he's buying it, he talks about the fact that, you know, don't know what I'm going to get. Yeah. But um, – I think it's worth talking about now that the powers that they, they later tell you that the powers have something to do with like splicing DNA from animals in nature mm-hmm. or something to do with like unlocking things in your DNA that you would share with an animal in nature. And so yeah. they talk about like chameleons can blend into the scenery. Um, octopuses can, you know, change size and become more elastic. There's uh, small rats that can, like, break their bones and heal them or, like, contort well, themselves in certain yeah, ways to get through. Their, yeah, dislocate their, their <laughs> joints and things. There's a toad that breaks its bones to use as weapons. Yeah. Like, cheetahs are fast, etc. Um, and so, the yeah, and thermal regulation is another one, which is, is, is the one that is the most dramatically displayed in the movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's this idea that this, that, you know, the DNA has been there there's something in the dna that that you can unlock that and but you don't know what your power is going to be until you get it mm-hmm. so there is this risk factor that you know they show that sometimes the first time you take it like people just blow up yeah and that's what that's <laughs> that what happens. detective frank says and then it happens later in the yeah. movie um and so you know the, the there's this bank robbery the guys clearly got some sort of invisibility or blending in power like they're giving us those hints and, and yeah, basically, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character Frank he has realized that there's no way to stop this with normal police work, and he references the guys in the suits aren't here to help. Yeah, they're on the other side, and so he that's why he takes it upon himself to get the drug himself 
to try to fight it from, you know, fight fire with fire. And it sort of inadvertently tackles that issue of like militarization of police because yeah. the argument that's often made there is, well, if the bad guy has an AR-15, we should too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of his way of being like, listen, how am I going to beat a bad guy that has literal superpowers if I'm just a, a guy? And of course, moments later that is proven like he would have been a goner had Mm -hmm. he not and his power you find out is that he's bulletproof and is there a little bit of super strength in there uh i didn't i didn't get that impression i got it a little bit not like at a crazy level but i mean just the way he like once he gets up from after being shot the way he handles the guy gives me just a little bit but maybe not maybe i was just maybe he just used a really good i think it's more that his he he, like his skin becomes rigid and like an armor and so it's not necessarily that he's super strong but like his fist doesn't break the pavement does because it's like so hard okay as the impression I got, I kind of got the feeling like I don't know that rhinos are bulletproof, but you could shoot a rhino with a low caliber gun and it probably wouldn't do much mm-hmm. to it. And of course, bulletproof, I thought it was a nice touch that bulletproof is the same way that a bulletproof vest is bulletproof. You yeah. won't die, but it's still going to hurt. Yeah. I mean, they show that it like pops the blood vessels and mm-hmm. he's got like bruising where it hits him. And um, they were still, but the end, it, he did have the bruising and everything, but maybe he was just being a tough guy when he was being checked out after it. He was telling the lady, like, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, and it's like, and, but you can look at it, and you're like, it has to hurt. It has <laughs> to hurt some. Yeah, you've got this massive, like, popped blood vessels in your eye. Maybe your adrenaline's just still up, but that's going to hurt. <laughs> and I think that's worth mentioning, too. There seems to be, no matter what, kind of a little bit of a fact for all of them, all the superpowers, like a factor of becoming a little bit more animalistic, like the adrenaline boost. And I thought it was a, I don't know if it was a nod necessarily, but it played with, have you seen Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. That idea of like getting the hit of heroin in your eyes, like dilating and like. Yeah, they do that, that little jump cut every time somebody takes it on screen. And it usually gives you some sort of impression of what their power is going to be. And it, and it all often, not every single time, but it often plays with their eyeballs and like Mm -hmm. reacting in some sort of way to give you an idea of what, what their power is going to be, which I think is a nice touch. It's a nice little hint. I thought the movie did well building anticipation for what people's powers were going to be. Um, particularly Jamie Foxx's character, which you don't see until the very, very end. But like there's as, as you find out more about him and let's talk about his arc maybe for a minute. Um, Well, that's when he first shows up is right after the bank robbery. Right. And he shows up at some kind of slummy apartment complex looking for a guy who calls himself Newt. Played um, by Machine Gun Kelly. Which I didn't, I mean, if, I mean, being honest, I wouldn't have been able to pick Machine Gun Kelly out of a lineup. But I, usually, I looked up the, the list later and was like, oh, Machine Gun Kelly. I usually get there because he must have like some sort of Netflix deal because he's been in a few okay. Netflix movies as just like a supporting character. Gotcha. Um, Jen always points him out right away. She always goes, that's Machine Gun Kelly. And I go, is it? And I'm like, yeah, once you know, once you like yeah. realize it's him, you're like, yeah, it's definitely him because he's just got a very specific look. Um. So, yeah, the major shows up to this apartment looking for Newt because he knows that this is a dealer, you know, infiltrate the dealers, find the supplier. Well, yeah, work your way up the chain, essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, they give you hints right away with with him that, like, he's got super, like, bad burn scarring on the side of his mm-hmm. face. Well, that's a, not just with him. I That gives a hint to his uh, his power. But I think also they do a good job of showing that, like, just like with real drugs, 
this takes a toll on your body physically. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah, there's definitely there's text and subtext to it. And yeah. yeah, besides that, he's he looks like a junkie. Yeah, he looks like a junkie. He looks worse than he did six weeks ago in the first scene he was in at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. It's worth mentioning that a lot. Like at the the very first scene of the movie is these dealers showing up on like a dock and a guy like a fancy man being like, "We have this drug, and here you can sell it, and it's free, and you can make many money." And and his. <laughs> accent's super ambiguous yeah. at first it's kind of french and then it's a little german and like and they're like well what's the deal is it just no you take the drug you sell it it's like you make money <laughs> and, then you, and then you come back and you make more money and you make more money <laughs> um yeah and then uh so machine gun kelly um newt they you know the major goes looking for him tries to and again as you said trying to find his way up the ladder because again he thinks the drug has something to do with the disappearance of his daughter he knows it yeah he knows it does uh newt at some point in their confrontation uh goes off to call whoever he says he's gonna call whoever uh jamie fox finds his his shoebox full of cell phones <laughs> that like <laughs> all drug dealers have apparently yeah. and realizes of course he's not going to make a phone call newt takes a pill flame on yeah he's he's not like full human torch he can't like fly with it or anything right. but he's he's on fire and running at you so it basically i mean it just anytime he makes contact with you he's burning you yeah well and it made me think of like movies in the 70s and 80s where they did like stunts of people on fire the way that you could tell the guy in the flame proof suit knew, knew he only had a limited amount of time before yeah. he was going to start dying. <laughs> yeah. It played, I don't know, something about the way they framed it kind of gave me that old movie vibe of like, you, the, the guy who's on fire knows that this is, this is going to only work for a very short amount of time. Uh -huh. And it's clearly uncomfortable because it's burning his flesh. At yeah. least when it, it comes to an end, you don't, you know. Well, and it's, you know, he's on fire, so he's lighting things on fire. It's, it's one of the powers for sure in the movie that, you don't just you can't just have casually for Correct. a time. Like when uh Detective Frank takes his and he gets bulletproof. He's you get, still just a guy. You yeah, <laughs> you could be in a situation where you'd take the pill and never knew what your power was yeah. in the bulletproof thing. Mm -hmm. Like you who knew like who knows. Yeah. Um uh, so yeah, the one where you spontaneously combust <laughs> is is not there's nothing subtle about that. Um, <laughs> it's probably a side effect of this pill I just took. And of course they have they have the major the, by calling him the major, you get the impression that he's military. Mm -hmm. They don't say that until later, but you get the impression he's military. He waterboards the fire guy, which I think is a very interesting like it's like a reverse waterboarding by putting him in like the like the tub is full, isn't it? Or is it just the shower? It, the tub is filling up, it looks like, but it's the, by by soaking the coat and putting it over his face, yeah, that's right. the waterboarding I forgot he had the coat. Um, until, uh, until I don't remember exactly what it is that causes him to back off momentarily long enough for Newt to pop three of these pills at once, and he explodes. He blows mm -hmm. up like a bomb. Yeah. And that's what we were referring to earlier. On the news, they show you the news footage. It's like, meth lab must have blown up because it's in this place that's seen as like... A drug dealers and it's whatever. all on fire now <laughs> and it's all on fire now um so yeah and i i thought that was an interesting sort of one and the and then there's like this explosion happens and then just a couple of kids come up and like kick the major and like is he dead <laughs> but at, in a way that in a way that only kids can but in a way that shows you like these kids have seen some things yeah which you know that again there's a lot of there's a lot of subtext there yeah um i thought it was interesting 
we don't have to just do a plot synopsis. I mean, breaking down these scenes is interesting. I thought it was all of the places where the meetups are or like the meetup locations. So there's like the Chinese grocery store. Mm-hmm. There's like the, the check into cash place. Um, I mean, the docks. I thought it was interesting how either they were places where you wouldn't think like a rich government operation. They were good fronts, I guess, is what kind of what I'm yeah. getting to. But it also played on this idea, this idea of people in power taking advantage of people who didn't have protections otherwise. Like yeah. you could imagine like a Chinese grocery store. They could come in and say, we're the government. Then what are show you going to do? Show us your papers, yeah. right? Or let us camp yeah, here. You're and not then, doing that at Kroger. Right. <laughs> and then in the, you know, the check into cash place, um, let's be honest, a person who makes a lot of money doesn't need a check into cash place. And they so, know that right away when they get there, looking at the people who are walking in. Exactly. Well, yeah, and they they, they have the teller behind the, the glass in the check into cash place. Jamie Foxx goes in acting like he's drunk, and she doesn't bat an eye. Yeah. This is clearly like a drunk guy wandering off the street is something she has seen constantly and has no qualms about. She's mm-hmm. just going to sit there and do her Especially job. Especially being on the uh, walkway from bars or tailgating right areas. Right Street. To, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I've wa- I don't know if it was exactly that spot, but I've walked that vicinity because i was like oh that looks super familiar i think i've been right there (laughs) and it's right yeah as bourbon street kind of lets out into the rest of the city is where that Mm -hmm. is filmed so yeah you can imagine that a lot of like drunk people would stumble into a place yeah and it's right next door to a tattoo parlor so you know (laughs) um so yeah i thought that was was an interesting direction again and again played into the sort of social inequality thing like these are places where could be exploited um, and that's what they're, yeah, that's what they're doing the whole movie is they're exploiting New Orleans and the city to test out this new drug that the FDA won't approve testing of or anything. Because, of course not. And I guess it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just greed, right? It's just some company, te- Telios, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, Telios. Yeah, they, they just... They just well, and the, and okay, later on in the movie, they do reveal that like a group of army rangers was the first to be given this drug. And mm-hmm. so clearly there's the implication that they're trying to make super soldiers, which is, you know, that's like a not that uncommon of a trope. I always get – those always make me laugh though because like – the same thing in Jurassic World 2 uh, when they're like, oh, they used to use lions in, in the army and stuff. And then, and then this guy's like, we get, you know, other animals have these powers that they can unlock. And it's like, why can't humans? And I'm like, because humans know how to use guns. And yeah. like <laughs> Something that, that I thought was interesting, there's a real world cognate. So the idea is that, that Jamie Foxx was experimented upon. And that's by changing his DNA, then, then that was passed down to his daughter. Yeah. Um. And that's a real thing. Like, so, so Vietnam veterans who were exposed to Agent Orange, it chemically altered their DNA, and a lot of their children ended up having health problems yeah. because of it. Um, that which, would show up years later because of this thing that happened. So there's a real which world. I think could have been a better way to show it because the way they tried to like relate it to like the real world aspect was they had the when Robin was in her class, they had the fetal alcohol syndrome was like their lecture, and it's like that's not exact. Like that's. Because like you can drink alcohol and your baby doesn't get fetal alcohol syndrome. It, you only it only happens when you're like when you are pregnant. So can right. only women can affect it, and it doesn't like if you're drinking when you're not pregnant, you're not just automatically passing on fetal alcohol syndrome. Sure, I, no, I agree. I mean they they could have they could have drawn attention to the real world version of it unless mm-hmm. they thought that it might be a little too no, on the nose to draw. It. Yeah. Um, of course, there's also. Uh, there's also the idea of of mothers who are addicted to drugs or who use drugs during their pregnancy. Like yeah. it's a similar thing. And in fact, might've been a little bit more on point 
for this movie yeah. <laughs> since that's literally what's going on. But yeah, I just, I thought there was a lot, like I said, this movie felt very well researched and very, for being a pretty ridiculous, uh, fantastical, maybe not ridiculous, fantastical premise, I thought was done really well. Felt like, oh yeah, I can believe this because of, you know, we the, let's, the crack epi- epidemic, the stuff with Agent Orange, um, the opioid epidemic or the opiate epidemic, like... Uh, you know the, the relationship between police and minority communities yeah. like the government not helping these communities like these are all real things and that felt very grounded and I, I think one thing that helps like make it real is like the the whole story is basically told through people on this on the street you're with mm-hmm. the detective you're with the major you're with Robin who's a young black girl trying to just raise money for her mom's surgery and you really don't get many scenes where they're not around that you're like in the special office with the with the big Telios company and this is their plan like it's all yeah. mostly subtext of like what their plan is going to be you get a little bit of the the fancy man doing like the sales pitch but right. even even then uh Jamie Foxx shows up eventually in that scene well and, and this movie does a very good job of show don't tell mm-hmm. and even the fancy so there's the scene where he's in the in the check into cash basement where he's they have this like bar this like mini club for these rich clients who are coming in to potentially buy these pills of power mm-hmm. and they are all they're setting up that like a demonstration is going to happen and i thought even that scene didn't tell us anything we didn't already know that's it and that's good the, yeah. they introduce these concepts through the lens of the characters that we're supposed to be related yeah, we to. didn't like yeah we didn't get a boardroom scene where they're like this drug can do and then they xx and they list a few things it can do and it's like if we start selling this to foreign governments and other you know companies we can make this and they, you know what i mean it's just all like the idea of it and we get it from the little meetings he's having with clearly a, a foreign leader yeah and stuff like that well and and um Think of how many movies could have started with a laboratory scene where yeah. a scientist is experimenting on something and it goes wrong. Um, we not too long ago talked about 28 Days Later. Yeah. I think of that laboratory scene, which introduces the premise to you that certainly they could have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have had that scene. But I, I thought the, the drug dealing scene was maybe was a great introduction. It was so brief. They introduced the drug at least twice before we see anybody even have a power. Yeah. And I think for some people, uh, one of the complaints was that like for being a superpowers movie, they didn't see enough superpowers, but I was good with it. I liked the anticipation. I liked this idea that they had to be used sparingly because one, you could only do it for five minutes at a time. And two, you don't know what you're going to get. I guess in three, that abuse of this drug has side effects. Yeah. <laughs> and that was also the, you don't know what you're going to get. Let leads to the anticipation for sure. Because every time a new character that you haven't seen before takes it, you don't know what power they're going to have. And they, they did a good job by limiting that, that there weren't very many double ups. Yeah. I think detective Frank is probably the only one we see do it more than once. Um, I'm trying to think. The the big bearded guy, I think, does it twice. Okay. And, of course, Newt does it twice, but within such a short span that you Yeah, don't, I mean, yeah, he yeah. does it twice, and but it's the same scene. Right. Um, no, I think that I thought that was very, done very well, the anticipation. And, yeah, not overusing the trope was, to me, perfect. Because, again, it's much, it's much more like what would happen in a real-world scenario, too, where if you're the person taking the pill, you want to maybe be as subtle as you can yeah. <laughs> about when you do it and how you do it. Because even if you know what you're going to get, 
it demonstrates itself in very big ways mm-hmm. that most of them i mean even even frank's power where he gets he gets shot like it's pretty dramatic when a guy shoots you point blank and they show what happens a guy shoots you point blank in the temple and 15 seconds later you're up beating the crap out of him like the police chief is there sees it and immediately takes his badge and gun you know what i mean like yeah, there are real world consequences in a way that you see like you said a lot of superhero movies skip over what people like the the guy on the streets react yeah everybody is. everybody loves iron man <laughs> yeah exactly um so no i thought i thought it was uh i i would have liked to have seen it be a bigger movie or a mini series i thought there they they could have done more but in a way i, I like to leave a movie wanting more it felt like the action wasn't you mentioned the action being good i thought it was pretty good but it did feel like a little bit more like a series budget because sure. some of the CGI was like when the 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 fancy man when he took did he Hulk take South. like a super powered one or is that, was that no, just his, his power? Or? I think his was was cancer. Okay, quite frankly, because it showed when it showed yeah, his pupil, it like doubled really quickly, and so he. I think the idea was that his cells were just going to replicate super fast. He kind of hulks out, but not very cleanly. Yeah, yeah he's just very randomly getting larger and stronger. Kind of like Mister Hyde, League of Extraordinary uh, Gentlemen. Yeah, like he gets big that. and lumpy, and like half his body gets bigger, and yeah. Um, but what was I can't remember what my but, original but you know, thought was there. Well, I, th- I I think too, even in that scene, which that's maybe the most dramatic use of CGI. Uh, of of like transforming a person, yeah. Um, and then right before it, they do the girl who like freezes. But I thought that was good and subtle too. That felt pretty real to well, me. Well, and it was cool. That was a cool camera angle. I wanted to talk about that scene and that shot because one of the things this movie does very well. A lot of people die in pretty gruesome ways in this movie, and they do a pretty decent job of of making you feel like you've seen more violence than you have if that makes sense i like when a movie does that not that i'm particularly squeamish mm-hmm. but i like the implication of violence more than i just want to see like some guy getting his head turned to mist by a gun you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean um so i thought it's like a, the the horror movie trope that like jaws is scary because you don't see him well and it's like everyone thinks that the that psycho is this like horrible gory bloody movie but you never see you don't ever see real violence in that movie yeah. like or you only see a few little spots of blood mm-hmm. um i thought this movie did that well and and again made you feel like yeah i'm really seeing some grotesque violence but when you look at it well no i really didn't see again subtlety <laughs> even things like when the the guard's head gets impaled on the ice sculpture mm-hmm. it there's a moment where you go it, it made me think of the dark knight when the joker does the pencil trick and there's that moment where you go what 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 just and then uh, you you look oh no that guy's head like there's a piece of ice stucking sticking through his face right now yeah i don't know i just thought yeah they i mean they don't spell it out for you (laughs) they don't they don't cut to it go you know but yeah the the scene the scene in the with the demonstration where she's inside the tank the the containment tank Mm -hmm. and um and it's like a lot of that scene is shot from her perspective and through the frosted like the glass that's frosted and some places it's it's not frosted in the mechanical sense it's frosted because she's made of ice (laughs) yeah and as she keeps trying to go around she keeps frosting up more of it and feeling even more trapped than she already is you get this sinking feeling in your stomach that something bad is going to happen to her but you're not quite sure what it's going to be yeah and you get this impression like is she just going to freeze into a solid block of ice like i had the thought early on like are her limbs gonna start chipping off like because she's made of ice Mm -hmm. everything becomes brittle and they do that but they do it in again a pretty subtle way so that you see you if you look closely you see one of her fingers snap off but it's more that that she puts her hand up 
and looks and there's just not a finger there. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it, that made me wonder too. I'm like, maybe if she had like, did it get worse because she was freaking out and like moving sure. around or would she have gotten to that point of total frozen dead even without that? I don't know. You, I mean, we don't know because there wasn't a, a second run through of it. Well, and it was interesting too that that containment tank and who knows, like we talk about how it's, it's all random. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, who that containment tank seemed to be built specifically for her so there's either the implication that that containment tank could have withstand withstood any of the known powers and they had a button for that mm-hmm. or that um they knew what dose they were giving her like oh we know ahead of time we're going to give her the ice one huh so i don't that gives you the impression that while telios there's this this idea that it's all random and blah 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 that maybe telios has way more insight into it than we're being led to believe yeah which of course that would be interesting too because then do they have a problem with the guy they gave the one where he blew up because there's a guy in that scene who gets a pill doesn't he just randomly grab one out of a suitcase though is that where he gets it you know there's like the the the, like the the stereotypical silver sided suitcases of like whatever the loot is and i know in that scene several people just sort of like grab a handful out of there like with the implication that they don't know what they're going to get hulk out guy fancy man he has it in that special necklace. So yeah. You get the impression that at least he has an idea of what it is. Yeah. Well, and he has the he has some of the markings on That's his like point. neck and Stretch stuff. So and I think he's clearly taken it before and yeah. knows what he's doing when he takes it. So, um, but then they blow him up. Then they so. blow him up. Yeah, which is is was a cool scene. Although I always think about the MythBusters episode where they like disprove that shooting a bullet into natural gas wouldn't probably do that unless you <laughs> specifically sparked on a tank. Yeah, but you never know if that's going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> did you? So I have a question about the Animal Kingdom. Did you know about the shrimp before watching this movie? The what is the bullet shrimp? I think a pistol shrimp pistol is what shrimp, he calls yeah. it. Yeah. Did He's, you know about pistol shrimp? Before I did this movie? not know about pistol shrimp, and when he said it, I'm like. I guess I just have to take this at face value. I have no idea if Jamie Foxx is telling the truth or I, this is something they made up for this movie. I had a nerdgasm when he said the most powerful animal in the animal kingdom is pistol shrimp. And I was I was watching with Laura and and <laughs> and I went, "Oh!" and she said, "What?" And I paused the movie and I said, "If he doesn't explain this, this is what happens." And in fact, that is real. There is a little it's pro- like the size of a quarter okay. that lives down in the like the deep dark parts of the ocean. And it, yeah, it has this like spring-loaded arm that punches so hard that it it does it turns the the water around it into plasma it's it's hotter than the surface of the sun <laughs> so that's tr- so that is a, that is real that's a real thing and in and w- what he said i mean it's not as dramatic like when he finally his power is that he has the pistol shrimp power and he's shooting solar flares essentially yeah. well and if the pistol shrimp is so small i mean how much of the area around it is it turning into plasma that's a fairly a- small one but it can instantly kill things much larger than the pistol shrimp yeah. because it's this huge shock wave that also just like melts whatever it comes to contact it's th- think of it this way it's like a laser blaster yeah. because if you think about like a star wars laser blaster they're essentially shooting plasma bolts uh-huh. it's superheated gas in that case that's interesting because that sounds like if something like this were real maybe they are already looking into pistol shrimp for harnessing certain energy i don't know anything about pistol yeah, shrimp though. but I, yeah that was a cool moment where you know if you grew up like me having lots of animal books and reading about it's like oh yeah it's gonna be so rad he's gonna start vaporizing people whoa <laughs> and in fact he just started vaporizing dudes like <laughs> so yeah I thought that was cool i also liked the idea um the subtlety so so jamie fox's art's daughter is um tracy and tracy's being held captive we've touched on that 
Um, I liked that they were pretty subtle about what her power was. Yeah, they they give. I mean, he, she uses it at the end, but I didn't even really fully register it until at the end it became clear that Jamie Foxx needed to be healed, and I was like, oh. She's gonna heal him. She healed that flower. Yeah, that's what they were showing there. I didn't. I saw. I remember seeing that and seeing the flower come back up. But I was like, is that just like part of their experimentation or something? But it was her because she was right next to it. I thought it was subtle. And earlier, when she's first being rescued, there is. Um, she has a chameleon for a pet, and so I think they were trying to give you the red herring that her thing was going to okay. be invisibility, which would have come a lot, very much in handy trying to escape. Yeah. But then, if you think about it, if she could turn invisible why wouldn't she have already escaped <laughs> you'd think she'd found a way out by now yeah um i i thought it was it was good to the parallels between robin and tracy and of course they played that in a pretty obvious way but even things like art jamie fox sees a lot um of his daughter in robin mm-hmm. played by dominique fishback by the way the perform i think her performance was the performance of the movie i thought she was great um, and she and Jamie Foxx like played so well yeah. off of one another. She hits that little rap in the in the veterinary office. I even thought about the scene where so he kind of kidnaps her. She's in the back of that pickup truck. That would be a hard scene for two actors to shoot. Yeah. That would be a very tra- like a a traumatizing scene to shoot because she's locked in the back of a pickup truck. He's screaming at her through there. Like the relationship between two actors would have to be pretty strong. There'd have to be good trust there for that scene to come off well and for you not to have to go to therapy afterwards because <laughs> of it. I thought a nice hint from earlier in the movie was when she sews him up in the veterinary office. Yeah. She heals him earlier in the movie. Oh. And there's these all these parallels between between Robin and Tracy and I thought, "Oh, they were preparing us for the fact like his daughter and Robin are so much alike. She's also a healer." And they also Sort of with that, they give you a hint that, like, he's, like, this isn't a movie where he just has super plot armor. Like, he gets shot, and they need to do something about it. For sure. Because there's so many movies, especially in the superhero genre, and for, you know, because a lot of them are superheroes, but, like, people just get shot, and then it's just, next scene. <laughs> well, think about, like, a movie like Taken, which the, the, the plot of this movie is, by and large, the plot of the movie Taken. Yeah. Um, think about Liam Neeson getting, like, things broken and shot at and stabbed, and I... You know, he never limps. He never right. Yeah. I, I, you're right. That's a plot armor thing that comes through. But yeah, he he has to get sewn up, which is a nice moment. Um, it's also interesting, of course, that they're in a veterinary office, which the whole theme later of like the powers of animals yeah. I thought was a, was a neat little. I like how he's so apprehensive to like getting help from like vet stuff he's like he's like these are for dogs and she's like "Ah, (laughs) yes yeah does this work on humans nope um you know uh i i thought it was and i like that he's wearing the adopt t-shirt the like adopt that just says adopt like with a dog paw in there i thought that that was a cute scene and a nice i thought it had pretty good humor without being over the top yeah it's not like quippy like a a marvel movie but it there were the moments where it laughed what i think it was uh detective frank what doesn't he say something like and i'm not a very smart guy yeah (laughs) the scene where he's where he um breaks into robin's mother's house while the feds are there that's a good idea but yeah i mean so funny to me well and i thought the the him playing on the like the 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 racial issues the having her like lie stream it on yeah, his her plan phone. is like let's just make these these Feds federal officers as uncomfortable yeah, as possible so uncomfortable that they leave <laughs> yeah well and being filmed them being like accusing them of, of of racism and 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 then of course do you have a warrant do you have a badge like yeah. i thought that was very good and then i like 
I like that she immediately pulls a knife on Detective Frank. Yeah, she like which once, is again grounded in reality. <laughs> once like the okay, the bigger threat is gone. Now she's like, "Who the hell are you? Yeah, why are you in my house? Yeah. I got rid of two guys, and I got one guy in my house." Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was good because usually movies would just gloss over that, and you know, whoever the the victimized person was would just go with it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a nice. He, little well, and then nod. I think like yeah the. Uh, how he's not the brightest guy is he thinks jamie fox is the bad guy and then when he's trying to take jamie fox in he's like he's like oh your, your commander's gonna or your captain's gonna tell you to go somewhere else and he's like what do you think that van's for yeah and jamie fox is right in the reality of the movie but at the same time he just like buys it hook line and sinker from well ja- yeah when guys with like <laughs> ar-15 start sighting him yeah. up underneath of a train and you know no i thought that i loved that scene i, I like the that scene was too re- i know what you're saying though he did take it just like immediately it. like hmm, this guy got two things right he must be right i i do think that a little bit of that though was robin kind of being the go-between between yeah. the two of them and and giving each of them evidence like this guy's okay you're after the same things ultimately mm-hmm. um I liked that uh, that Frank didn't really let him go for the right reason, like the noble reason at first. It was, oh, I'm going to get shot dead, like and 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 Art, the major, kind of says like, dude, I'm going to get what I want no matter what. They're going to take me in, and that's what I want. Yeah, they're going to kill you like on the spot. So either <laughs> get out of here or die. And and Frank kind of does it for the selfish reason that he doesn't want to get killed. Yeah, but <laughs> so. he does come around and yeah. decide to team up and go to the boat for the the big third act on the boat. Yeah, and save everybody. The Clint Eastwood uh, scene was pretty funny, and also that a security guard on a dock would just decide to shoot a guy in the stomach was a, <laughs> honestly that might have been the thing that took me out of. That there's just like this armed security guard that just get, pops the guy. Well, yeah. I guess if you knew you were working for the feds and they were like, you know, she, but maybe he just has a uniform on. Maybe he is one of the feds. That could and be just in disguise. Um, with that, so he yeah he gets on the boat by tricking them with that. He takes the pill again. All the interactions in the earpiece when they're on the boat mm-hmm. are great. Yeah, I, I thought one. Well, I, I liked the the scenes of of her in the control room, and that he kept. Again, a lot of action movies they would put that the Robin character in in the lookout, which I guess they eventually did this. They would put her in the lookout position, but then of course she would get in, in the action. And mm-hmm. I like that they subverted that trope slightly by having her then also be put in the security room. <laughs> like this this cop is trying desperately to put her in a situation that's as safe as possible in a dangerous situation, mm-hmm. and he does it several times. There isn't the like giving in of like, okay, fine, you can come along. Yeah, <laughs> he, he doesn't make that choice. Yeah, um, she comes. She tells her to be the lookout, and then as immediately as he like starts to infiltrate, she just runs back up to him and yeah. She, He's like, you're supposed to be the lookout. <laughs> well, and then and then they get into this control room with all the security cameras and the, the switches and levers. And the moment she figures out how the switches work, he's like, oh, so you're good at that. And also, you can stay here and tell me where to go. So I guess you're the lookout again. And she's like, oh, man. So, yeah, she just wants to be She wants to be in the room where it happens. She wants to be in the room where it happens. I, the room where it happens. Another part I thought was... Uh, like a, a realistic part is like she escapes from the escape room and like they don't have any idea how she's like getting around because these fed people are not the sailors that are supposed to be on this boat yeah they don't so really know the boat they have well. no idea what's good they're like where did she go she just like went into like an escape hatch and like went out a, a different wall or whatever well yeah and when she finally finds tracy they like duck into this hatch in the floor and i thought 
it was nice that although i guess movies do this but like it's nice that these people who aren't really familiar with this ship didn't realize there's just hatches all over boats. <laughs> exactly. Because you can't like in a boat, you just can't have things sitting free. They have to be stowed somehow mm-hmm. or they fall, roll around or get knocked over. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice little touch. The scene where he, where he, well, he turns into the sun. Yeah. I thought was rad. <laughs> I mean, he just, li- starts, he just starts, he just starts obliterating solar people. Yeah. Although I did, I did think for a second he was just going to vaporize Robin. Cause he like, there's that moment where the sphere around him. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, she's, is she dead? Are they going to do the thing where he just like goes supernova and actually kills everybody? And the only people left are going to be, uh, you know, JGL and, and the daughter. And <laughs> of course he doesn't. Um, but it's, I, I thought visually that scene was so cool. And in fact, he just starts vaporizing folks. Now, I, do you think that was just to add drama? Or do you think the fact that it's raining helps him with his power based on what you know about the pistol shrimp? Um, I think that made it a much more direct correlation to the pistol shrimp. Though, if you want to think about states of matter, it would be easier to turn air into uh, like air into plasma or yeah. a vapor into plasma because then you'd only be going from one phase to another as opposed to having to go through two phases it's an end i hadn't thought about it it certainly made for a cooler shot yeah as like the water starts boiling and then turning into this plasma substance it wouldn't have looked that way the air the water would have first turned to vapor and then yeah. to plasma but it could have <laughs> happened so quickly that it wasn't perceptible to the eye i guess so yeah and then in that scene he gets shot and as we talked about his daughter comes out and heals him do you think is it that he got shot, or is it that he just like exerted himself so did hard? Did he not get shot in that scene? Why I don't. Am I, not I don't this? think he did get shot in that scene. If he did, I missed it. That and that could be. Of course, they had all these guns trained on him, and maybe he was getting riddled with bullets. Yeah, I guess. I mean, because the note I wrote is Major wipes out everything. Tracy heals him. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think just like the exhaustion of doing that, of becoming a mini son. As I looked down at my notes, <laughs> I remember this when. Uh, the lady in charge of Telios or whatever. Gardner. Yeah. She uh she says, Are you familiar with the name Henrietta Lacks? And Jen and I both like popped up and we were like, Yes, because Ohio State, our freshman year, made us read the Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks as like our orientation book, which is actually a very interesting story. It's super but interesting. I'm just like <laughs> I listened to an episode of Radio Lab about it and have re listened to it several times because it's so very interesting. Yeah. But again, another moment where this is a movie that's very for as fantastical as the premise is, it's very grounded in reality. Yeah, and it's not just the idea that Henrietta Lacks had the uh, cells that just kept replicating. Yeah. It's the idea of how taken advantage of she was. For sure. When they found out she was the person who had this. Well, and and how Gardner, the person who's heading the scientific portion of Telios, looks at that as a good thing. Like, had we <laughs> had she not been taken advantage <laughs> yeah. of and never paid for, like, Henrietta Lacks, as I recall, died in poverty. Like, a very poor old woman mm-hmm. because they never paid her for anything even though this like made billions of dollars in medications and vaccines and yeah. things they never <laughs> they never gave her anything for it but yeah gardner the scientist is like that's a good thing that's what you need to do and that maybe was the most cartoonish thing in the movie was like the scientist that's like well you have to you the smarter people have to do these things so the dumber people can blah 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 it's not as cartoony as uh, another netflix movie that came out recently the old guard yeah. With Charlize Theron. Which I know you just love. <laughs> it was whatever. I won't get into it. If you, <laughs> I did the Chops movie review. It's on my Twitter. In that, there's, yeah, there's a, a, 
pharma guy mm-hmm. and he's he wants to get the immortal people and take all their stuff and is, and it's just so like comically like that he's so greedy and yeah. and like it's we it's like we get it but like all of a sudden they're in a lap so it's more subtle than it's that. much more subtle in this one gotcha it seems like maybe sequel being laid i'm not 100 percent sure i feel like it it felt so much like a pilot to me and i read so much online about how people assumed it was the pilot for a series uh-huh because it definitely, I they could make up. Epi- and like I you said, it's not it's not overly long for everything it opens up. But I kind of don't want them to. I think it's yeah. a neat little package that they're gonna screw up if they try to extrapolate on too much. I think it'd be cool more as like an anthology. At like sure. this drug exists and everything, and then maybe following around like what happens with this in different. And you know, yeah, we don't need these same actors to show up. Just different stories involving this drug. Sure. Well, and um, I, I will tell you too. Uh, when you first proposed, oh, let's watch Power Project. It's a movie about superheroes. I was like, all right, fine. And kind of rolled my eyes because like, I'm so sick of the superhero thing. Yeah. I love the Avengers. The DC movies, for the most part, are terrible. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. But it's just so overdone. It's like, my God, how yeah. many times can we do this? So I was, we're in like I was the post irony phase of, or we're, we're entering it for superheroes. I feel like I was refreshed that it wasn't a superhero movie. One, two, I assumed it would be a movie that would be like um, a family movie for some reason, and it <laughs> definitively was not a family no. movie. And I was relieved because I thought I was going to be watching like a wholesome superhero movie and what i was ended up watching was like a huge social commentary that's told through the lens of this science that is we can talk about how it's fantastical i've used that term a lot but this smacks of being something that probably some scientific lab is studying and we know that we know that these kinds of experiments go on like they've tried to make to splice like goats with spider genes that they can create spider silk like (laughs) We know that they do cloning of sheep. Yeah. We know all these things are, and like, that that uh, octopuses and their color changing technology and how they're trying to integrate like that I, into fiber optics the, and things. With the pistol shrimp, I'm sure if they could figure out a way to harness that energy conversion, and, they and, would do it. And trust me, there are labs that are working on trying to make plasma emitting weapons yeah. that probably, if they don't know about the, the pistol shrimp, would look to it and say, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Give us that. So... I I thought it was super well done, and I mean, is it an is it a new American classic? No, but I thought it was a good movie. I'd watch it again a few times just to to catch everything. I always find it so hard to grade uh, streaming movies because I'm like, I already pay for Netflix. I'm gonna keep paying for Netflix. I would pay the I would pay the price of admission for this movie. Yeah. If that's if that's a gauge, um, I mean, I wouldn't have known that going in. It's not a movie based on the description that I would have gone to see because mm-hmm. I was I was fooled. But knowing what it is, yeah, I'd pay whatever ungodly $15 for a movie <laughs> ticket or whatever to go see it. And then $12 for popcorn. No, I don't do that. No popcorn? No. Is it just because you don't like popcorn? Or just oh, I pricey? love popcorn. It's, okay. it's, the, it's the price and the, the mess. There's so much mess. And then what are you supposed to do in the middle of a movie? You, you know, know what I recently like, did? I put onion powder on my popcorn. At I, home? I was into it. Oh, yeah. I well, that's it. a whole... Let's do a nerd association about popcorn recipes, because we've been doing a lot of that in the Barnett household <laughs> recently. All right. Yeah. Nerd association popcorn. <laughs> you know what? Screw this episode. Uh, <laughs> Project popcorn now. <laughs> Project popcorn. Uh, yeah. So, go see it. 
it's worth it's worth the price of admission uh certainly yeah and you probably already have netflix so you've already paid the price of admission you've already in done this it. scenario so it's worth watching a good uh, but again not a movie for children by unless your kids are are real are like hard yeah. <laughs> unless you have hardened children don't don't show this to them <laughs> yeah and don't and don't expect uh superheroes going up against the villain i mean it does kind of do that, but it's it's not even the heroes are anti-heroes in this yeah. movie the, the heroes are like a kind of crooked cop a drug dealing teenager and like an a-wall soldier yeah. who kills indiscriminately so yeah i guess it works both ways if you like this i think you'd like the boys if you like the boys which probably more people have seen it's been out longer i think you would like this as well and i think if you liked the nolan batman movies there's mm-hmm. i think if not if not inspiration if not like direct nods certainly the visual style is very similar the concept of like the vigilante is very similar and the like real city feel mm-hmm. it's not you know they don't they don't blow up an entire building and have it fall over yeah i think uh, uh, apart from the the uh the superpower effects of like a human on fire or like a person turning to ice i would guess that all the effects were practical i don't think there were any other yeah there's no giant set pieces i mean except for the boat but i mean but they, he, they never really go like huge with that yeah. they don't and like i said they don't blow up the boat right it felt it felt like the, the much of this like most of this movie was probably practical effects yeah other than the things that obviously aren't practical <laughs> so so if you have more recommendations for us um, you know what I'd like to hear on Twitter this week from our nerds? Movies that you didn't expect to be good or you didn't expect to like and ended up being impressed by. I think that's an that's a good category of like tell us what you what movie surprised you. Cuz I would say my takeaway to give to you is that this movie surprised me in all the right ways. Yeah. So so find us on Twitter, tell us what movies surprised you. You can find us at nerdassoc that's n e r d underscore a s s o c. Uh, you can email us at nerdassoc at gmail dot com. Give us some ideas for what you'd like to hear us talk about on Nerd Association, or you could even be one of our nerds. We could zoom you in, and you can tell us the thing that you're passionate about. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>